You're listening to Thrive, your agency resource, the only podcast of its kind for creative, media, and technology leaders who are ready to dive deeper into consciousness, leadership, and agency growth. I'm your host, Kelly Campbell. This year, Thrive is brought to you by E2M Solutions, a trusted white-label partner to hundreds of digital agencies across the globe. Visit E2MSolutions.com forward slash thrive today. Welcome back to another episode of Thrive. Really, really happy to have you here. Listen, I think that we're all aware that there is this sort of creative or dynamic tension between being intentional as to how you want to live and lead and work in the world and then delivering on everything on deadline. Today, I'm joined by Dante Pinnell, workplace mental health advocate and head of growth at Carrots, also the Wellbeing at Work program, which is actually a partnership with Gallup. So he's going to tell us a little bit about that. But what we're really here to get into today is what it means to be intentional and kind of prioritize a healthy mindset so that you can show up authentically as a leader. And Dante has been doing a great job at that in his role. And so that's why I wanted to bring him on here. Dante, thank you so much for joining me. It's always a pleasure to have a conversation with you. I feel like we definitely don't need a script. We don't need anything. We just need time together. So thank you, my friend. Thank you for having me. So being intentional isn't just about how we show up at work, but it can also be about kind of disciplining ourselves in our personal life. And some of the things that you've shared with me, I've been really inspired by. I thought it would make a great conversation for the show. So talk a little bit about discipline being the gateway to freedom. I know that's a quote from one of the folks who you follow. So can you talk a little bit about that? Of course. So to to always give credit where credit is due, I actually got this idea from Jocko Wilnick, who has a podcast a former leader of SEAL Team 3, if I'm not mistaken. And he he speaks to the idea largely of carrying discipline throughout your day really allows for you to appreciate those moments in choice, ultimately in freedom. For me, growing up, I wasn't the most disciplined person, right? I definitely had disciplinarians in my life. My pop and my mom are no joke, and neither were my grandparents. As that is, when you leave the house and you're with your friends and your family, you know, because I'm an only child, a lot of cousins, things can go a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, many things remain the same. You know, it just as, as a personality, I've always been free, spontaneous while being incredibly impulsive. And that has shown up in my life in many different ways and has often cost me many different things. So as that is, as I've gotten older, it's been, we'll say over the past two to three years, I've started to do things intentionally to insert discipline into my life, things that would more so force extended periods without gratification, Mm. right? Which then ultimately allow for you to, in those moments, truly be appreciative of those things. So intermittent fasting is one of those Mm -hmm. where I know every day when I wake up, I'm not going to eat anything until 12 o'clock. I'm going to have black coffee with no sugar. I'm going to have a lot of water. And no matter how hungry I may get or what those urges may be, I know that I'm not going to eat until then. And then when I start eating, I know that I'm going to stop at eight. So even in that, we'll say, level of rigidity, it feels really good during those eight hours. 
Mm-hmm. Right? And, and I'll lean into different things and eat different things and knowing that on the other side, it won't be there. So it, it creates a level of awareness that, you know, this is my period and, and I should make the most of it. Same thing rings true in just my morning routine, like waking up and running. I used to run every other day, sometimes every two days. I started going to every day because of just how it made me feel. It also gave me more time with my kids because I run with a double stroller. So that discipline in that opens up a level of freedom where I, I'm with you know, two of the most important people, things, entities in my life. Mm-hmm. And we get to talk about things and I hear them talk to each other and argue. And <laughs> so it's, there are many facets to it as my life has grown and changed. I've, I've started to appreciate the fact that discipline often isn't just for the sake of, and discipline can open up many other things yeah. for you. Yeah, for sure. How do you think that all of that, you know, between the intermittent fasting, the running, spending more time with your kids. You also said that you take like a cold shower in the morning after coffee. How do you think all of that sort of impacts what you pour into yourself in other ways? Like the other things that you consume, not food and beverage wise? It's a great question. And and I have to give a, another shout out to Jocko. So it's that, you know, you did the work, right? You know, you've done all these things to get to this point. You've decided to not eat until 12. You've decided to go for a run. You've decided to spend time with your kids. So why bring yourself down in interacting with a negative tweet or gossip or anything that doesn't truly bring positivity or something additive? Yeah. Right. And it it makes the ability to make those decisions a lot easier, Mm -hmm. right? Where if it weren't there, then you could see how all of those things that make up our true diet, right? The things we watch, the things we listen to, the things we eat, the things that all of those things, it kind of just goes. And the the better I think I've gotten that being able to pour positivity into me, the better I've been able to deflect negativity and things that don't pour into me. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to make the delineation, like it's not about toxic positivity. You're not not feeling, right? Like you're still... <laughs> feeling, but it's about the choice to like not watch the spending more time than you should on social media, you know, right before bed, like those kinds of decisions, that kind of discipline. That's also what I hear inside of that. Yes. It's not that I'm waking up every single day and that like I'm smiling at everybody that walks right. by, right? right? Like I'm from the Philly area. That's impossible. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? That's impossible. I'm just not wired that way. What I can say is in doing the work and trying to rewire, I'm able to, at the very least, see things through a positive lens. And I also don't want myself to come across as if I don't indulge in it, right? Like my wife watches RuPaul drag religiously. (laughs) As we all do. (laughs) It's a ridiculous show. And 95% of it is them talking about each other. Right. As that is. I'll watch it here and there. Sure. It It's a balance. And being able to be mindful of that balance is everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's completely everything. We talked a little bit before we hit record about the difference between being intentional 
and Mm -hmm. setting objectives, right? And so you do this in terms of meetings. And I think that there's a distinction here. So I wanted to chat a little bit about this because I think it's an an important and kind of interesting distinction. What do you think the difference is? Yeah. So in selling, there's a dance that's happening before it happens. And for me, or we'll say assumptions are made before anyone comes to the table. And for me, in being able to show up completely as myself, I didn't feel as though I wanted people the moment a call starts to feel like, okay, here's an agenda and here are objectives. I wanted to be much more intentional with how I showed up. And I wanted to communicate that in terms of maybe why I reached out or something I may have learned about them and doing some discovery before we got there. Right. So people have an understanding of where I'm coming from and why we have to always be answering why. But then from that point, setting expectations as opposed to objectives where this is where I expect for us to go or things that we can talk about. And then those allow for that person on the other side to also bring those expectations because what we're doing is incredibly personal, right? And it's, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody going into a situation with another person and saying like, man, that conversation sure didn't meet my objectives. Like they'll say like, wow, that completely blew my expectation. And that's the level of humanism that I want to bring at the very least to a quote unquote sales process with me, my team, our founder, anyone. You know, this is much more than just a platform for me or a way to transact. These are real life relationships I'm trying to build with people who see the world in the way that I see it and want to impact people in the way that I hope to impact them. Yeah, I see such a through line between how you operate, how you live, how you love, how you lead in the world. And then how you bring that into business. And I don't think that there are a lot of people who do that. And I think that's kind of what struck me when we started having these conversations about who you are and what you believe in and what your values are and how you live your life, like how you take care of your body, how you think about things. And so I think that there's this sort of like siloed approach for a lot of people that they show up at home one way where they're not very intentional. And maybe they show up at work. And they're a little bit more intentional because they have a sale to make or people to lead or, or whatever. They have to think a little bit more before they speak or think before they act or make a decision. But there's this dichotomy that's really interesting. And what I hear sort of as a takeaway, the through line from you is that the more that you're operating on that through line, it's a little bit more effortless, right? Because you, you're sort of setting an expectation for yourself and then meeting it. Right. It's like promising something to yourself every single day and then meeting it. I'm curious from that lens, how has your own trust in yourself changed? Hmm. So I have to go back to go forward. The first place that like I truly trusted myself where there was no doubt in who I was, what I was capable of, like my ultimate safe space was the soccer field. And I mean there were moments where in true connection with all that is and the creativity of the game, it's almost as if you're not thinking, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, you're just there. And like, I smile immediately just thinking of how magical that time was for me and how you get to share it with other people as well, because you're not, you know, you're one of 11 
And like when that 11 moves, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. When I lost that, that's when I had to figure out exactly who I was. And that's when all the work in identity began. Mm. And if you talk to anybody who knows me, I, I don't think I've ever lacked confidence. But when you go and when you go into certain situations and you feel different or it feels different, often creating uncomfortability, that level of trust you have in yourself lowers. And what I've been blessed in is being in different environments and being me in each of those environments. So, you know, if anybody were to go to look at my LinkedIn, I've had quite a few different roles in very different places. Mm-hmm. At this point, my level of trust comes from the fact that in all of those places, most of my success came from me being me mm-hmm. and the lens through which I see the world, how I can communicate culture and lived experience and my want to help people in various different ways. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the trust that I have in myself, it's a consistent exercise because we're also being given so much information from different people about various things that we thought we knew, right? Like I sell, there are countless sales thought leaders out there basically telling you the way you're selling it doesn't work. Then you have to check yourself and look and see, okay, what do they sell? Okay. They're selling cars (laughs) or, or they're selling an email automation platform. I'm selling human potential. It's a very different thing. Mm -hmm. So do I show up as that sales leader who I'm sure is killing it in the way that they're saying it? Or do I show up as Dante, who quite literally at times had to believe in my own potential to get to the next step and then now see it in other people so that we can empower them to get there? Mm -hmm. Hey, let's take a quick break. Did you know that there's a better way to scale your agency? Whether it's web design, development, e-commerce, content, SEO, or even hosting. E2M is the reliable white label partner you wish you knew about years ago. Personally, I'm proud to partner with E2M because of our alignment in values and ethics. Head over to e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive to learn more. Now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, I love that. The idea of I'm selling human potential. So all of the discipline enables you to show up and sell that in a very authentic way, right? It's a very, very different lens. And I think it's important. You know, there's so much, what do they say? Comparison is the thief of joy, right? There's so much comparison when we look at, oh, well, this person is a great salesperson, but the idea of like, yeah, and remember to check what they're actually selling, because it's probably something very different from you. I wouldn't even say it's apples and oranges, right? It's like cars and human potential, (laughs) like very, very different things. So talk a little bit about your role at Carrots. Like how does being head of growth there, what's that through line with it being so effortless for you to show up the way that you do in that role? Before I do that, I have to give without getting emotional. I have to be. I mean, emotional as, from here, you know that. <laughs> as transparent as I can be in that I am empowered to be who I am completely because of the founder of the company. And the founder of Carrots is someone who also has at times 
had to dig inside of themselves and see the potential they had to get to where they wanted to get to. Mm -hmm. So being able to see it modeled in any room is only further affirmation that I have to do the same, not should do the same. I have to do the same. Mm -hmm. So at carrots in activity, it's largely selling in selling. There are many different things that I get to touch. So I get to touch customers who we've sold and learn from them. I get to touch prospects and I get to learn from them. I get to touch partners and I get to learn from them. Internally, our team isn't large, so we all have to learn from one another and take in ideas and feed forward and the things that are working and the things that may need a reset or a pivot. As head of growth, I'll say the ultimate goal for me is to sell this thing as much as I possibly can so that we can open up space to also be as generous with it as we can. Mm -hmm. One of my charters here was quite literally to sell it as much as possible so I could give it away as much as possible. And on both sides of the coin, the hope and the mission is to make sure that the people who don't have the ability to first locate where they are when it comes to their well-being can discover that piece of themselves that they either didn't know or didn't know how to reach so that they can feel inspired to take some sort of action. Mm -hmm. And something that I'd like to call out, not to, not to critique the entire space, yet what I often see in the work that we do and the work that a lot of other organizations and leaders are doing in, in this space is a lot of it comes from a place of elitism and just an assumption that everyone knows. Yes. When in all reality, I'm still super new on my well-being journey, right? A lot of people are still super new on their well-being journey or their mental health journey. So how are we creating or opening spaces whereas people can feel as though they can at the very least step in to learn more? Mm -hmm. Right? No one wants to feel as though they're being talked Right. No one wants to feel as though that barrier of entry is too difficult to overcome. And that's what we see a lot in the space and what's provided. Mm -hmm. So also being part of growth is really to grow the awareness and the message that I hope everybody in this space is trying to share that we're all trying to get somewhere, yeah. you know, and, and that somewhere is relative, but we, we should be consistently working at tearing down as many barriers as we possibly can so that people can get to whatever that better looks like. Yeah, kind of creating, like I hear you saying, creating what my best friend and former shadow work coach would call a gentle on-ramp. Mm -hmm. That gentle on-ramp of like, listen, we're all in this together. It doesn't matter where you came from or how new you are to this or Mm -hmm. how established you think you are in this journey. It's like, yeah, just that gentle on-ramp. I think that that kind of encapsulates what you're saying, you know, and I think when we throw things out in our messaging that feel more elitist or, or use terminology that kind of creates distance between, oh, human potential is over there. That's not for me. I'm all the way over here, right? That when there's such a long road between the two, I think that's where we get into some issues and we actually don't incentivize or inspire people to take those first couple of steps. And I think that's the beauty of what you're doing is you're saying it's all welcome. Let us help you take those first couple of steps. 
for some of the agency leaders and founders who are listening to this and they're thinking, all right, I'm sold. Dante has convinced me that discipline is like something that I really should embrace. What's one thing that you would say would be sort of a gentle on-ramp for them if they're not really disciplined in their personal life? They're, they're realizing that there is that sort of dichotomy between how I'm showing up at home and at work. And I want to create a little bit more of a through line there. I want it to feel a little bit more effortless through discipline. What's one easy thing that they can do starting tomorrow? This is going to be a tangent. Go for it. A piece of my childhood was marked by and influenced by people who had spent time in some sort of correctional institution, right? And something that would always happen is that they would go away as we would say it, like they'd go away and then they'd come back and they'd be absolutely jacked. Like jacked. I mean, complete full stop, brand new human being. And something I learned through that and through them was the ability to focus on one thing, right? When you are quite literally given time as your punishment, how do you use it? Because it can feel endless. And what you find in a lot of people who have done a lot of time behind bars, their ability to lean into what they're good at and develop skills and or talents that they didn't so much so focus on before they went in is absolutely accentuated. So what I learned is that at times out here, because we have just abundance of we never truly have the ability to focus on one thing. Like we're always doing like they're like people wear multitasking like it's a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. I'd say if you're going to start on a thing, make sure whatever that thing is, because you should choose what it is. Like what Dante says is what I say and what I do works for me. Whatever that thing is that you choose to do, focus on that one thing completely, right? Monotask on that one thing completely. So if it's breathing, Whatever your cadence is or whatever your quantity you feel is right, in that moment, do just that and nothing else. If it's food and you want to have a better relationship with food, something my mother-in-law taught me, if you're eating something, in that moment, do just that. Block out everything, close your eyes, attach all of your senses so in that moment you are fully taking in that meal or that snack, which goes back to like when you talk to people who spent again a large amount of time behind bars what's one of the things they largely say is how much they look forward to eating something they couldn't get there so it's focus 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 on that one thing and then go to the next but don't add to the stack because we do that far too often where like new year's resolutions why they never work because we're adding to the snack stack snack you see where my mind is we're adding we're adding to the stack without taking off and making space for something positive or more productive right so as part of the discipline i mean i hear the the monotasking versus multitasking that's a great takeaway but is part of that also removing something or clearing space in some way whether it's mentally or physically some other way is that part of that as well yes so great follow up so for instance when i run I don't listen to music. I got the idea actually from Malcolm Gladwell. And he pointed to the idea that we as adults don't take a lot of time to daydream. We don't open a lot of space for it. So 
he said he stopped listening to music when he ran because he would just welcome in all of the thought. That's a thing, right? Where like, I'm focused on that run. I'm not listening to any music. If my kids do need something, I can respond to them. So that's also an ad, but that, right? Or if I'm intermittent fasting and I get my coffee, I'm not adding anything to it. Mm -hmm. Just the coffee. Like at this point, I prefer black coffee to coffee with sugar mm -hmm. because of just how used to it I am and how now I've started to really develop a love for what coffee tastes like, mm -hmm. like real good coffee from the bean to actually grinding it to enjoying it. So yeah, I'd say if you are thinking about going down this route in that discipline, make sure that it is additive. Right. Maybe maybe the piece of discipline is taking something off and seeing what that feels like. Remove something. Don't don't even add something. Don't listen to me. Remove something and see what that feels like. Yeah. Because that's often how we see discipline, right? You shouldn't do this, but like kid acts up, you put them in timeout. You've removed them from the environment. You've removed their friends from around them or whatever it is they may be playing with. So yeah, I'd say exercise some discipline and possibly taking something off the stack and seeing how that makes you feel. That's a great note. I like that. So you, this is another thing. You get to decide. You can take something away. You decide whether you add something in. Focus, monotask. It's up to you. So those are yeah. great, great examples. Dante, thank you so much. I love every time we talk. I just feel like I, it goes without saying that, yes, we could talk for hours, but I feel like there's so much richness in the conversation that we have. And uh, I just really appreciate you. And yeah, I love you. Love you too. Thank you for having me. And I have to shout out that I'm so happy we showed up wearing the same thing too. It just puts us in, in line with the universe. <laughs> thank you, my friend. And thank you for joining us. If you liked this episode, please rate the show or subscribe wherever you watch or listen. And a big thank you to the official sponsor of Thrive for this year, E2M Solutions, your white label agency partner. Learn more about their approach, services, and subscription plans at e2msolutions.com forward slash thrive.